Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. Hi, this is Olaomi and welcome back. Welcome back to episode 50 of the Super Abundant Life podcast. It is always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure for me to produce these episodes. I enjoy recording them. I enjoy putting my thoughts down on paper and then sitting down to think it through, to research and then to then, you know, record the podcast. So um, and I also consider it a huge privilege to actually have people <laughs> listen to me, to give 50, 55, sometimes 60 minutes of their time to come and listen to me talk. I find that uh, unbelievable sometimes. <laughs> and I, I, I consider it a huge privilege. So I want to say thank you for tuning into the podcast and even even better thank you so much for going one step further by sharing the podcast with your friends and with your family uh, my intention is always to bring quality quality content and by the grace of god i will continue to do that okay so moving on now to what we're talking about this week and if you're anything like me <laughs> Uh, this will help you. This will be relevant to you. And I think, you know, um, I think this episode would touch pretty much anyone or everyone in one way or the other. But in particular, if you are the kind of person whereby you sort of build castles in your head, where you have this idea, you have this vision, and you just keep building it up and it's so perfect in your head, but then when when we compare it with what's actually happening on ground or in reality is like nothing. It's like um, a wilderness compared to the castle that you built in your mind. And this tends also to happen to people that are visionaries. And I'm, I'm literally describing myself. So this is something that I've struggled with a lot in the past. And till today... I have to take intentional steps by the grace of God to overcome it because it's just, it's my makeup. It's my kind of personality. I'm the kind of person that I can see very clearly. I can sit down and I have a vision. Um, but when it comes to details, <laughs> the details of actually saying, okay, let's do the mundane that will literally take you there. I'm like, I'm bored. I just want to, you know, I, I want to go towards this vision. I just want this vision to manifest right now. <laughs> and for a, for a long time, I suffered because I think I shared on one of the podcasts prior to this, um, I will link it in the show notes about how I was always starting things, but never finishing them for the very same reason. So what am I talking about today? I've titled it, Stop Thinking and Start Doing. How to Transform Big Ideas into Meaningful Action. Uh, 
So many of us have dreams. We have dreams that we've carried for years. I'm talking 10, 15 years for some people. And we've just carried these dreams. They're so beautiful. Every now and then it's like you um, take it out of your, you know, proverbial uh, box. And then you, you start admiring this dream and this vision, how beautiful it is. But then if someone asks you, so what have you done towards it? Meanwhile, you've been carrying this thing for like five years or what have you done? Well, the timing is not right. Well, this, the economy. And we start to give all sorts of reasons, quote unquote, excuses why we haven't really taken action towards it. So what I want to help you do today is to be able to take meaningful action, to translate from la la dreamland into reality. That dream that you've been carrying for such a long time without any evidence physical evidence on the outside that you're actually moving towards it. I want to give you very, very clear strategies to help you take it from dreamland into reality, right? Because that's what I had had to you know, train myself to do. Because like I said, this is something that I, till today, I have to like intentionally make sure that I'm taking action. So I've put some structures around myself to make sure that I'm not just stuck in my head, just thinking and thinking and thinking and overthinking to the point that you get overwhelmed. And you're like, it's just too much. It's just too much. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> and then you just leave the thing and move on to the next one. Meanwhile, that dream will not let you go. So are you in? Okay. So what I'm, like I said, I'm going to be sharing the strategies with you. And what I'm actually going to be teaching today is one of the pillars in my coaching program. So anyone that comes to me for coaching, this is one of the things that we do. So you guys are like getting my coaching <laughs> for free. Uh, so I'm, I'm being very helpful. So I'm going to teach it to you, you know, um, today you're getting it for free, but the, um, execution obviously is not free. It's easy to get this information, uh, to actually do it is another matter. So come and get coached. Uh, <laughs> so, and, uh, if you want to summarize what, what the problem that I'm going to be helping you solve today is where you have big dreams, but then you have not taken any meaningful action towards it. A big dream that you've had for years and no meaningful action. That's the problem that I'm going to be helping you solve today so that you can actually begin to take steps towards it. And before you know it, you have gone a long way towards it. And like, uh -uh, what was I afraid of in the first place? Now, the first thing I want to say to you is this. Uh, how do you eat an elephant? There's a, there's a saying or an adage that says, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time, one bite at a time. So what I call this is the power of thinking small. I know we all love to think big. You've taken that vision, you've multiplied it to the point that it's so big in your eyes and you're just admiring it. But that also has a counterproductive side because it's now so big that you're like, where do I even start? You've seen yourself becoming the CEO of a multinational. Meanwhile, you're just a middle manager or something. And like, how is it ever going to happen? And you're just stuck because it, the dream is too big for you to actually execute in one go. So it's called the power of thinking small. That's what I call it as part of my coaching program. And the principle is in order to eat an elephant, you need to eat it one bite at a time. Before I go on to describe 
um, that strategy to you, I want to highlight three misconceptions about big ideas or dreams or whatever it is you want to call it, big goals, the, that thing Sha, that you're carrying. There's some misconceptions that have actually paralyzed people that have caused them to either never take action or they begin to take action and then they, they stop, all right? They counter some kind of failure and then they give up. So what I want to do, first of all, in the first part of this episode is to highlight three things that you need to know, because if you know these three things and you settle it within yourself, it becomes easier to take action or to keep taking action, right? And the first one is this, all right? People have this misconception about a big idea, a God-given dream or whatever it is, that it will happen from the beginning exactly as you pictured it, right? That, listen, I have this dream of, you know, becoming an entrepreneur that um, hires, that, you know, has 500 employees or I, you know, I have this dream that I'm, you know, I have this uh, charity that is feeding, I don't know, a, a million children somewhere. So you are very clear about what, where you want to go. But then the reason why people don't actually step out or do anything is because they're waiting for the condition to fit what they see. And I know I'm talking to you, <laughs> you know, you know, I don't, I don't come and say things that are not relevant. All right. I'm sure you're nodding and saying it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's because I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about people that I've interacted with over the years. The thing is you look at this big dream and you're waiting for it to happen from the beginning, exactly as you see it. But nobody, nothing in this life starts full grown. There is nothing like overnight success. I heard someone say, I'm going to completely butcher this quote, but something like, um, someone called, calls, called me, I think it was a celebrity or something called me an overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. That night took 20 years or something like that. I don't remember exactly what the number was, but it was basically saying just because I showed up on your radar last year does not mean that's how I started. It has taken me 20 years or five years or four years or three years or whatever it is to get to this point. So nothing ever starts full grown. Even when Jesus came as in God or came to this earth, he was born as a baby. He didn't float down from heaven full grown. He didn't, he didn't come there as a man. He came now as a tiny little baby. All right. I was, I was teaching, um, teen youth class, teenage class in my, in my church. And I was trying to paint a picture, um, <laughs> about Jesus to them that there was a scripture in the Bible. I'm, I digress. That talks about how Jesus is touched by the feelings of our infirmity because he went through everything that we're going through. So he, he understands. And I was saying to them that, do you know that Jesus was born and he, he, you know, he, he was throwing up over, you know, breast milk over his mom or whatever. I said, no, Jesus didn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was born a baby like any other baby. He grew in wisdom. He grew in favor with God and with man. So nothing, the way God created the earth to function is that it, everything starts as a seed. Nothing ever starts as a fruit or a full grown plant or tree. So that's the very first misconception. And why did God do it that way? 
All right. Why did he do it such that he gives you a dream and boom, the next day it is exactly as he shows you, right? It's because if you are not ready, that thing could actually destroy you. Somewhere in Proverbs, the Bible says that wealth that is gained quickly will destroy. And I want to read something. Um, so in the my Bible reference in today's episode is going to be like the story of the children of Israel as God led them from Egypt to into the promised land or towards the promised land. And I love using those people as an example because I see a lot of myself and a lot of ourselves <laughs> in them. All right. In the way they related with God in their doubt and all that. So, um, so that's where I'm just going to pick a couple of references from to highlight what I'm going to be talking about today. So let me read Exodus 23 from 27 says, God said, this is God speaking to Moses and the children of Israel said, I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you will invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. Now this is God speaking. He said, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. What was God saying there? If I go and drive the whole of Canaan, we're talking about, um, several kingdoms out at the same time. God was saying, you, you, you people are too little. You're too little in number. So it's going to be like a, a, a one community, maybe inhabiting a community that's meant for, um, I sort of estimate that maybe 100 kingdoms. And then there's so much space. The wild animals will just begin to multiply because there's nobody there. They don't yet have the capacity to occupy the whole dream. Even though God had promised them Canaan and he was taking them into Canaan, but he said it's going to be little by little. So that is why you shouldn't even be anxious or impatient to have something happen too quickly because it literally will destroy. We have to grow in cap in, in capacity. We have to grow in character to be able to handle the pressure that comes with success. Success comes with pressure, right? probably even more than failure. So that's the first thing. The dream that you have will not happen from the beginning exactly as you've pictured it. And that is one reason why people don't take action. They don't move because they're waiting for it to be exactly as they have pictured it. The second misconception is people think that because it's a good idea, because it's a God-given dream, right? Because this is something that is going to help so many people, millions of people or whatever it is the dream might impact, might do or impact. You're saying you think that it will automatically that, sorry, that you will automatically get support, right? You will get support. You will get the resources that you need. Everything will just be automatic. The very, everybody you tell will be excited. I'm like, what can I do to help? Right? Your family, your friends, everyone that I cares about on social media will jump to donate and all those kind of things. You think that's what's going to happen, that it will automatically, that people will automatically buy into the vision. Um, no, <laughs> from my own experience, from reading also, you know, I, I love biographies. All right. Autobiographies, biographies. So I love learning about the people that have gone ahead and you will find out that 
in fact, all of them, all of them, when they started with their dream, nobody believed them. They did not get the support that they needed, right? Maybe one person believed in them. Definitely not the majority. All right. So one thing you need to understand is you must, and I say this because this is actually one of the main reasons why people don't pursue their dreams because they're afraid of failing. But failure is part of the process. So one thing I want to say to you is you must expect failure and challenges as part of the process. It is not going to be smooth sailing from beginning to end. Why? Because you're going against the grain. You're going from level one to level 10. Surely you're going to have to go against some kind of pressure to get there, right? If I want to climb from floor one to floor 10, and I'm taking the stairs, I'm going against gravity. I'm going to have to exert some energy to overcome the pressure that is pushing me down. That is the nature of the world that we live in. So just because it's a good idea or a God-given idea does not mean it's going to be easy. In fact, it will not be. So if you have the mindset that there will be challenges and there will be many failures along the way, you will start and then you will keep going. You will not stop. Right. I want to read this numbers 14, two to four, right? (laughs) Say challenges. Was it God that called Moses to come and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and take them? This was a good idea. I mean, they were slaves. These guys were slaves. And God said, I'm taking you to a land that is flowing with both milk and honey. To a land you have houses that you did not build. You eat from your own vegetable gardens, etc. He painted a beautiful picture. You will think that the every step of the way they'll be like, I know where we're going. We're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. So it doesn't matter what comes against us. We're going to go. But from the very beginning, one of the main downfalls of the children of Israel was they never expected challenges. So the moment they encountered any kind of failure or challenge, they basically reverted to, we want to go back. This is too difficult, right? Because they didn't expect it. It says their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted amongst themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Why did they, why, why did that thought even enter their minds? Because they encountered challenges and failures and they were shocked by it. They literally thought that the way they came out of Egypt was the way they were going to go in, that everything would just be hunky dory, right? That everything would just be smooth. God would just wave this and wave that and just wave his hand and all the giants in Canaan would die and then they would go in, right? But no, that's not how things are. That's not how things are. So as a result of the fact that they they had the mentality that it was just going to be smooth sailing and easy, they never entered in. So their mind was always, I'm not, I'm not going forward. I'm not moving. And as a result of that, they didn't enter in. And the last one, and this one as well, this one also 
you know, trips a lot of people up because they, they're surprised when this happens and they misinterpret it. And let me say this. The third one is people have this misconception about a good idea or a God-given dream or whatever that they will always feel motivated. That's simply because God has asked you to go and do something. God has called you to start this charity. God has asked you to start this business that because it is God, And because of the way he showed you and how excited you were at the start, that it will always be like that, that you will always be motivated. (laughs) Um, No, you will not always be motivated. In fact, from, you know, I can say that you, you have more days when you're not motivated than days when you are motivated, right? You have more days. Maybe about 60% of the time, you're like, (laughs) but there's something, don't get me wrong. There's something inside you that is pushing you forward. That's saying, go for it, go for it. But the flesh, the flesh just wants to sit down and maybe watch Netflix. Someone asked me and said, um, this was, uh, shortly after I started my business that, you know, it must, it must be nice, you know, you know, to work for yourself. You choose how you spend your own time and da da da. And I said, do you realize that actually since I started my business, I've, I've had to be much more disciplined, so much more disciplined than when I had a job, than when I was in a professional career, because people don't realize that when you are in a career, there are structures to put you in check. You can't just say you're not going to work. Try that too many times and you don't have a, a job to go to. They'll, they'll suck you, right? But if you're working for yourself or you're leading a company and nobody per se is holding you accountable like that, you can't, look, it's so easy. So there are days, many, many days where as a business owner, I don't, I'm just like, oh, I, just, I just don't want to do this today. Now, when I get into it, right, because of discipline, I will still do it. When you begin to do it, um, the joy rises within you. And like, oh, I love this. And then you remember again that it's something that you love and enjoy. But I'm saying it is not usually, it's not always automatic. It is not always automatic. So what that means is you cannot rely on motivation. You have to be disciplined. So discipline is what will sustain you during those times when you don't feel motivated. You will not always feel motivated. So when you understand that, when you understand that, even though it's a good thing, it's a good idea and, you know, it's burning in your heart, there will be a lot of times where you will not feel like doing anything about it. And the final scripture that I'm going to read before I then go on to teach you my strategies that I use um, is Exodus 4 from verse 10, right? This is Moses, Moses and God having a conversation and Moses pleaded with the Lord. So prior to this, God had called him at the burning bush and said, I'm sending you to go and liberate. This is a dream that Moses had carried for at least 40 years right? Because 40 years prior to that was when he killed an Egyptian in trying to help an Israelite. And I'm sure the dream was in his heart had been brewing even before that. So we can guesstimate and say 45 years. So something that had been in him for 45 years, when God is now saying, now go and do it. He said, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. (laughs) 
even though you have spoken to me, even though I know you are calling me to this thing, I'm not good at it. He said, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord said to Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please (laughs) send anyone else, anyone but me, Lord. I don't want to, I don't feel like doing this thing. This is a dream that this guy has carried for 45 years, right? About that. And the opportunity comes and I don't want to do it. You see what I'm saying? You will not always feel motivated. If you rely on motivation to say, when I feel motivated, then I know that it's really a dream from God. Not necessarily. Okay. So I hope that's settled. Now, what I'm going to do now is to teach you that are four steps that I'm going to teach you, um, how to take a dream that you have in your, in your, in your head, those castles that you have built, (laughs) you see very clearly what the vision is but you've been carrying it. You haven't done anything about it for a long time, right? Whether it's fear of failure, whether it's lack of character, whatever it is, what I'm going to do today is to help you transform it into meaningful action to take your big ideas and to transform them into meaningful action. So there are four steps that I'm going to take you through, right? The first one, step one, the first thing you need to do is identify your starting point. Now, let me say this before you get to this point, you already know what the dream is. So I'll give an example. I'm going to be using the example of career progression. And that's the example that I'm going to use throughout, um, breaking down these steps. So someone says I'm currently, um, maybe not even in, in any kind of leadership. So I'm here. Um, and I'm, you know, entry level employee or whatever it is, but I keep seeing myself as a senior leader. I keep seeing myself, you know, in a boardroom, whatever it is. Right. So it's very clear. So before you can even start this, you know, very clearly what it is that you want, what the business is that you want to start, the lives you want to impact and all that. Okay. So the first step is you have to be brutally honest about your starting point. And I mean, brutally honest, don't exaggerate what your starting point is. So the person that says, let's just pick a, says, okay, I, I want to be a uh, CEO of a company, right? I want to be CEO of a particular company that I work in. And at the moment I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, let's say I'm a supervisor and there's several levels ahead of me that will take me to CEO. The first thing you need to do is you have to identify your starting point. And I don't just mean your position or your job description, right? Or your job title rather, right? What you need to do is identify what are the skills that you currently have? Where are you? Where are you currently? What is your, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? right? You have to paint and the same way you very clearly painted a picture of where you want to go. You need to paint a very accurate as best as you can picture of where you are currently. And I'll tell you why that's important when we go to step two. Okay. So for example, the children of Israel, God said he was taking them into the promised land. Now, 
the first thing Moses will do is, where are these people? Are they already at the point where they are, you know, bubbling with excitement? They are people of faith. They're saying, let's go. And all they needed was somebody to show up and they will follow that person to the ends of the earth. They will never doubt it and they'll just keep going. If Moses had gone in with that kind of expectation, how many of you agree with me that he would not have lasted a week? Because in fact, the very moment he got to them and he announced, they were very happy. Then he went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, eh, you people want to go, Abby. Well, I'm going to make it doubly hard for you. And the next thing, that immediate reaction was, hey, God has brought us, you know, this to kill us. Why did you send this? Moses. So if Moses had not accurately... um painted the picture of where they were at that point in time, the shock, <laughs> the shock could have killed him. Like, oh, I thought you people were ready. I thought you had been crying to God for 400 years. So you have to paint a very, very, very clear picture of your starting point of your starting point. Don't say that. Oh, in order for me to be CEO, I just need a year. Okay. I just need a year. I just need to, you know, I just need to go and take this course and that is it. No, you have to say, right, where am I? What are the limitations that are in my way? So the first thing is identify your starting point. The second step, step two is identify the gap. So remember, you're very clear about what you want. Now you have been brutally honest in identifying where you are beginning for, from. That now helps you. It gives you a, a good picture of the gap that you're going to have to close. Now, like I said, the reason why you must be brutally honest in identifying your starting position is if you underestimate the gap, if you say that, oh, it's only going to take X, Y, and Z, for me to get to my final destination, listen, when you begin the journey and you do X, you do Y, you do Z, and you are still nowhere near, guess what will happen? You will give up. You will give up. So someone thinks, oh, in order for me to progress from maybe a supervisor role to go and become CEO, I just need to go and do a master's degree. I just need to go and do a master's. Once I do my master's and I come back, then I'm going to be qualified to go for CEO. Then they do the masters, they come back and they don't even get promotion to the next level. Somebody else gets promoted. They're going to be crushed because they did not properly identify the gap, right? They underestimated the gap that was, that would be required, um, for, to take them there. So the gap they would need to close in order to take them there. So identify the gap. Now, practically, how do you do this in terms of career progression? Practically, this is how, when I was in a profession in my career, this is what I did. And this is what I also teach people to do. If you want to gain promotion in your career, don't just say, I want to gain promotion. And then you keep doing your work excellently. Remember, you're doing your work excellently at the level that you currently are. That is not um, licensed for you to be promoted. All you are showing is you are good at doing the job that you're doing at that level. Nobody looks at you and says, oh, that means you can you know, progress. That means we should promote you. I suffered for a little bit. 
because I had that mentality that all I had to do was just be excellent at my work, not realizing that to go from level one to level five, right? I need to know what's happening at level five. I need to know what gap I need to close. So how do you do this practically for a career? What I do is, so let's say I want to be the CEO of this kind of company. What I do is I go and search. So I go on job sites and I look for a similar company. All right. So I type in the role that I'm interested in. So CEO of this kind of company. And then I download the job description. All right. This person specification. Then I look at my current role and then list my own person specification that is required for the job I'm currently doing and the job description, then I begin to compare. Then I begin to cross off the things that are already simply by being exceptional at my current job that automatically I can say, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And that is solid evidence, right? And then everything else would be the gap that I need to close. I hope that makes sense. So by using a job description, so don't just take on, maybe take two or three or even four and then compare them with your current job description or person specification for your current role and then begin to mix and match and say, right, this one, um, create another list and write down everything that your current person specification and job description does not require you to have or to do. That is your gap in terms of career progression. So what you now need to do is the next one, step three. This is a coaching session. So today is going to be quite quick. Step three is once you have properly identified the gap. So for someone looking for promotion, you've identified the person specification. That is, who do I need to be? So things like the qualities that you need to have, the kind of attitudes that you need to have. You've rightly identified the skills that you need to acquire. You've rightly identified what the job description um, difference will be. Okay. So you have all of that. That's your gap. Step three is um, you cannot eat an elephant one time at once. So you have to break it down. So your step three is to now think, okay, these are the things that I need to accomplish while still in my current role that will make me eligible, that will help me close the gap, that will take me from supervisor to CEO. Then what you do is step three, you break that gap into installments. So don't try to attack everything at the same time. That is a license for getting completely overwhelmed and then you give up because unless it is, we want to go from level one to level two. If it's a small gap, then go for it. Do you understand? But what I'm talking about is the big dream that you've been carrying something massive that you are just paralyzed by how big it is. That is what this episode is focusing on. So you break that gap down into installments and you could say that, okay, these are all the lists. These are the things that I need to accomplish that I'm going to work towards that will put me in very good stead to apply for this job and get it. Then you begin to divide it into installments. So you could say, right, I'm going to give myself 
six months or one year to work on this and together. So if it's a year, you say in Q1, in the first quarter, this is what I'm going to focus on. So you divide it into four installments. You divide it into four. Now there's something here that I'm not going to share <laughs> because I can't, I can't give you all of my coaching secrets, right? There's a way, there is something that you must do in t- when you're dividing it into installments. All right. But I'm not going to share that. You need to come and get coached. <laughs> okay. But you divide it into installments. So as I gave the example, if you're giving yourself a year, you say in Q1, so you divide it into four installments saying Q1, this is what I'm going to focus on. Right. And then the last one is what I already mentioned. So step four is very important. It's very important. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One step at a time. Step four is to focus all your attention and your energy, any attention, any energy, any money, any resource, whatever time you have that you are dedicating to uh, gaining that promotion, only focus it, focus everything entirely on just one installment. So whatever you have decided you are going to do in Q1, ignore everything else and just focus on that one. Now, by doing it that way, you may have just, you know, ended up with maybe one or two points that you're going to work on in the first quarter of that year that you've given yourself. You've gone from, oh, it's so massive. How am I ever going to get there to only one or two action points? One or two things that you're going to focus on and work on for a period of time. Now that makes it so easy to start because you're not looking at the whole elephant anymore. You're just looking at the one tiny bite, one tiny piece, right? That is in front of you. And that makes it so much easier to begin. It certainly works. This is how, remember I said at the beginning, this is something that I still have to intentionally overcome because my nature, my personality is, I'm a visionary. I keep dreaming and imagining that, okay, this is where God is taking me to come down to reality and begin to do the mundane. (laughs) It's not very easy for me. So this is how all these years, whatever progress I've made, this is how I've accomplished it. And it is not just like a, a one hit wonder that only works only for me. When I teach gems, this is what I teach in gems as well. And it has worked for several of my clients. It works. It definitely works. So very f- simple steps, four steps. Number one, identify, be brutally honest in identifying your starting point. Don't go and overhype yourself. Don't go and overhype your endurance or your discipline or your motivation, for example, and say, oh, I want to lose um, 50 pounds. Oh, it's only going to take me, you know, four weeks because once I set my mind to it, I'm just going to go. If it was that easy, then you would have done it, right? So you have to, you have to rightly estimate your, your strength in that area. If you overestimate your strength or your capacity in that area, guess what's going to happen? You will underestimate what it will require. And once you hit a snag, you're going to give up. So identify your starting point very clearly. You already know your finishing points, right? So number two, identify the gap. 
and do practical things. Practical things, I gave the example of career progression, take job adverts, person specifications, job description, and then identify what you don't yet have. That's your gap, right? Number three is take that gap and break it down into installments. As many installments as you need to in order to make the first installment like a little bite that you can handle, like a small bite. Right. If you divide it into installments and the elephant is still like if you still are expected to eat a third of an elephant in one go, it's going to choke you. So as many small bites as you need to, right, divide it into or break it down into is what you need because you have to start small and then you will gain momentum. As you gain momentum, then you can take on bigger things. And then the final one is forget everything else. It's as if you, it's, it's a dark room and you have a little touchlight and you shine that touchlight on that first installment in front of you, forget everything else and only focus on that one. Because if you start, you know, working on that one and then something else comes and say, Oh, let me, before you know it, you're being pulled in different directions and division is the quickest way for you to lose focus. All right. If you start focusing on too many things at the same time, you will, you will not go far. You will basically give up. All right. So those are my four strategies. All right. It's one strategy actually, but the four steps, um, that will help you take that big dream or the big ideas that you've been carrying for so long without any meaningful action that will help you transform them into steps that will begin to take you towards that big idea. I hope that's helped you. I've recorded a shorter one today. So (laughs) I hope you will thank me for making it shorter today. But anyway, uh, let me know, write me and let me know, um, if this has helped you, I'd love to hear testimonies because I, I am very intentional about sharing practical tips. I don't just talk, um, the knowledge. I also want people to be able to apply it. So if you apply any of these things that I teach on the podcast and you're getting results, I would love to hear about them. All right. Until next week, I will see you then. Bye.